scripture reading for today is from the book of Luke. It's in chapter 5, verses 33 through 39. Hear the words of the Lord. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and in those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say, the old is better. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord God, may your word be such a blessing to us today. May it hit each of us just as you see fit. May our hearts be open to whatever you want to say to all of us in our own specific places. And it's in your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. You know, the, um, the religious groups of scribes and Pharisees, they did not get this Jesus guy. They did not understand how he could be Jewish, how he could be a Jewish rabbi teacher, how he could claim to be of God, and yet he was not adhering to the practices of how they did their Jewish life. So they came to him that day, and they said, this is how we worship God. This is our tradition. Why are you, Jesus, not having your people follow the way it has always been done? And then Jesus goes on and he uses this illustration of a wedding. I was studying this this week and I was thinking as I studied, what would it have been like if on the day of my wedding, I had said to Thomas, okay, honey, now that we are married, I'm ready to go back and live in my bedroom of my parents' house. Let's go, because that is where I have always lived. And then I said to Thomas, also, um, let me show you how to load the dishwasher in this way, because that's the way I have always done it. And this is where we will shop for groceries, and this is how we will make the bed during the day, and, um, because that is how it has always been done. Wouldn't go too well, would it? No, because a wedding, a wedding symbolizes a new day. It symbolizes a new season. It symbolizes a new way of life, a new way of living. A wedding symbolizes a new normal. And it takes a while to figure it out, 
right? That first couple of years, but that's, that's what you have to do because when two people are united together, it becomes a new day. And going back to the old ways, doing the things like you've always been doing, not only would it have caused some serious marital discord, but it would have held Thomas and I back, right? It would have limited us. It would have kept us from living a new life, from living a new way that we were meant to live together. I, with all my heart, believe that we, as a church, as a nation, but most especially, very, very personally, I believe that the Lord God is inviting us into a new day. He is inviting us into a new season. He's inviting us into a new way of doing things, a new way of living life. He's inviting us into a new normal. And I believe that very seriously, personally, for myself and for all of us. As these next weeks unfold, I get that going back to the way that things were, going back to the way things were normal three months ago, I get that that's very tempting. I get that that is very tempting for us to do. But here's the thing. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. It's a new day. The Lord God is not a God that gets stuck in traditions. There's this passage in the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah was written thousands of years ago. And there's this passage in Isaiah where the Lord says to his people, he says, see, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And you know what? He's still doing new things. The Lord God is the creator of creativity. The Lord God is the creator of innovation. Now, his character, his holiness, those things about him, they never, ever change. But the way that he speaks to this world, the way that he moves, the way that he works, the way that he uses people to make disciples of all nations, the way that he does that, he's always doing something new. So I want all of us personally to think about what new thing the Lord God wants to do in you. I want you to fight that temptation to just go back to doing things the way that you have always done them. I want you to fight the temptation because the Lord God is doing a new thing. He's, he's yearning to do something in you. He's showing us something. He's calling you out towards something different. As he said in Isaiah, it is still true today. See, I am doing a new thing. We are going to enter into a time of offering. There are ways to give to grace online. You're going to see those in a few minutes. And 
we ask, we would love if you would give, but I want you to take this time as I pray and as we continue through the service, I want you to take this time to really ask yourself, what, what new thing, Lord God, can I offer? What is the new thing in this new season, in this new way of life? What is the new thing that you want me to offer to the world to help with the healing, to help with the restoration, to help with the brokenness, to help plant some love in this world. I want you to ask yourself that because the Lord God gives to each of us a lot to offer. So may we listen, may we hear because he is making new creations. Let's pray together. Most glorious God, You say you are making new creations. The old has passed away. The new is come. Lord God, that can be intimidating and scary, and we don't know what to do with that. But there's so many times, Lord God, in these last weeks that you have said not only to me, you've said to over and over to people in our church, in our world, that we are called to be still and listen and know you. Because when we do that, all other things are revealed over time. We give you praise for all of the offerings, all the ways that this church reaches out to other people to show your hands and feet to the world. And it's in your glorious son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Good morning, Grace. Um, we have another great opportunity uh, today. There's, there's a couple things. First of all, I want to mention that today is the day that we get to celebrate in the Lord's Supper, in the breaking of bread and the wine. And so I want to make sure you have some time between now and the end of the service to uh, prepare. If you have some bread or some, some hot dog buns and some juice or whatever you have to come together as a family at the end of the service for our time of communion. So just keep that in mind. Um, Today, I get the opportunity to have a little Q&A time with one of our teenagers, and I thought, along with Brian and Danielle, sometimes we don't always know what's going on in the young people's lives. And so I thought, well, let's ask one of them um, what, what they're going through. What, what has this experience been like for them? And so right now, I'm going to ask Matthew Murray if he would unmute himself. We'll have just a couple questions, a little Q&A time. And so, Matthew, are you there? Yep, I'm there. What's up, man? Not much. Hey, couple questions for you. So the first one is, what is something, something old that you miss from the past before this all happened? And what is something new that, that you've kind of begun to embrace during this time? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'd say the first thing would be, uh, I've missed friends, but, uh, not only friends, I've the things we take for granted uh, naturally would be like sports and church, school, even though, you know, we're kind of out of school and it's good in a way, but you don't get to see your friends, um, your teachers and all that. But, uh, you know, we take stuff for granted, but, um, you know, when it's all taken away, you really see what you missed. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's something that we're all kind of experiencing, and I, I especially have heard that from our young people. Just the missing of of friends and the, just the 
the unity to have your friends together to enjoy times of fellowship. So what, what do you think the, the effect it's had on your peers? Like what, are, what have you been hearing from maybe some of your peers that something they're miss, missing or something they're just frustrated with, or I don't know, what, what have you been hearing? Um, you know, I'd say like being together with their, um, being together with others, getting to hang out, um, play games and different things. But with that being said, we've, figured out uh, ways to connect virtually. Um, either it's playing like video games or Zoom, Snapchat, uh, all that. We've been able to, we've had to figure out ways to still get to see each other and stay connected, um, which is a big thing. But uh, I guess we would, we're really confused what's happening really on why, you know, even though why God does this, even uh, certain things, but we know that God's going to be in, in control and is going to have a better outcome. Um, but yeah, so really just living the life virtually right now. Sweet. Hey, you just kind of answered my last question. So I was going to ask where, where have you kind of seen God in the midst of all this? And I think what you said there is just, you're embracing the new um, and you're experiencing God through, through new ways. And, and I have to say, I've, I've even had to step out in that social media world myself just to, to connect with the young people and, um, the virtual reality of what we're living in. And so thank you, Matthew, for, for the time. And thank you for your, your service to, to Grace Church and what you do for us. We appreciate you. Thank you. Well, I want to continue briefly here on my little mini sermonette that I have. Uh, I want to jump in right into the passage of Scripture that Danielle shared with us. I want to focus on verse 36. And I'm going to read it again just so that it's kind of a refresher for us. Verse 36, it says, He also told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on the old garment. Otherwise, not only will he tear the new, but also the piece from the new garment will not match the old. I think right now, more than ever, we're in a time where we want to to embrace the comforts of life. And I think tomorrow and this next week, when things start reopening, we want to almost feel like we have to go in and jump back into normal. But in this passage, one of the greatest things that Jesus is teaching them in this parable is that you can't take the old and mix it with the new. Or in this case, you can't take a new piece of the garment and rip it off, and then sew it into the old. How many of you would take a brand new pair of jeans, and you got a hole in your old pair of jeans in your thigh, and you're going to go take a new pair of jeans that you spent $60 for, and you're going to cut off a piece of that thigh in the new pair, and you're going to sew it on the, new, the old pair, because the old pair feels so comfortable. It's, it's too much work to to put the new pair of jeans on or the new coat because it, it takes time to get them worked in. And, and when you get the new shoes and you get blisters on your feet until your feet get accustomed to the new part and it gets worked in and you, you start feeling like, oh, this feels good. And so the temptation is always to be like, I just want to go back to the old. I want to put on my old jacket. I want to put on my old jeans because they're comfortable. My old shoes, even though they got holes in them, they're just comfortable. I know how it feels. 
And Jesus shared this parable specifically for the reason of that it's hard for even the disciples at that time to embrace the new kingdom that is coming. The Pharisees couldn't get it either. They didn't understand why would we want the new kingdom when the, when the old is just fine. Well, I want to tell you this morning that God is asking us right now in this time when things begin to open up, to go into your closet and strip off all this stuff that we've been stripping off this whole time and put it away. Put it in bags and take it away and put on that garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise because this is a new day and there's new joy and there's new hope. It's not going to be the old. It's not going to be the same because God is doing a new thing. And with the garments of praise, there is joy that comes in the morning. And I know that you're probably saying, well, how am I going to embrace? It just seems so hard sometimes to carry on this burden, these duties, these commands that Jesus wants us to follow him. And I don't know if I can fully give everything to him because I, I can give him a little bit, but I don't know if I can give him everything. But Jesus wants everything. And if you turn to me to 1 John in chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. says, For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden, because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. It's our faith that has gotten us through the last six weeks. It's our faith that's going to get us to the new day, which is tomorrow. The old is gone. The new is here. Jesus wants us today to embrace him and to feel the embrace of his arms around us, loving us. So feel the embrace of Jesus today. May he give you peace. May he give you joy. And may you walk into this new world this week with the garments of praise. We're going to go into a time of music now, another worship song by by Brandon and his team, uh, the King of Kings. So please join us in time worship.
song. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon and the team. Uh, what a powerful song. Well, in a, in, in a moment, we are going to celebrate in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So hopefully you found some, some bread and some, and some juice or some wine in your house, and uh, we're going to celebrate together, even though we're in different places, this beautiful sacrament that the Lord has given to us to remember who he is and to commune with him. And before we celebrate in this sacrament, I just want to bring your attention to, um, to verse uh, 38 of this passage 
that Jesus has been telling this parable about new garments and old garments and new, new wine and old wineskins. I want to pay, I want, I want you to draw your attention. I want to draw your attention to verse 38. Jesus says in this parable, no new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Verse 39. And no one after drinking all wine wants the new, for he says the old is better. And, you know, as I think about this passage, I, I have, I've come to the conclusion that Jesus did not come just to add things to what we were already doing. Jesus did not come just to add to a religious system that already existed. No, Jesus came to make something new. He came to be a revolutionary. He came to turn things upside down. He didn't come just to make our lives better. He came to make them new, as we have discussed before. And, and as I began to process this truth here, I have, I have realized that a couple of things. One is God is at work. God's at work. God is doing something. I, I never underestimate God's at work. The question is, what is he at work doing? Can I see it? Can I sense it? And so this past week, I, I've been trying to, to listen more. It's, it's been hard at, at times to figure out, God, what are you doing? And I've realized that this, this COVID-19 situation, even though it's new to us, it's not new to God. God, God knew about this. God is in control. The, the question is, what, what is he doing is he doing something new in the midst of this? Is he trying to put something in us? Is he trying to take something out of us? Is he trying to take us to a new place? God, what are you doing? I've realized that in, in a crisis, that three things happen. A crisis reveals, a crisis refines, and a crisis renews. A crisis reveals it reveals where things are not strong it strong it, it reveals where where there are cracks it, a, a crisis to a house it, it will show where the house has a faulty foundation a crisis in this time will will sort of figure out what areas of my life are, are not in order or are not following the ways of the lord and through that, then it is a refining moment. Many of you who, who, who own businesses, you've been refining. You've been trying to figure out how do I hold on to my payroll if I can, but, but, but how can we in this moment sort of be leaner, be more focused, be, be more on mission? And I've been thinking about that, about that with my life. How can I refine? What are, what are areas, Lord, that you are revealing in this time the good and the bad, where, where am I weak? And then how are you refining? That's what this whole series is about. How do we make meaning in the midst of this? Well, part of it is refining. And the last part is renewing, renewing a commitment. And so as I, as I look at myself and my leadership here at the church, as I look at us as a church, I, I realized something. It's found in scripture, but I think practicing it, I probably have not done it well. That the church 
in my view, as I read the scriptures, was, was never meant, the church was never meant to be experienced one, one day or one hour a week. That's not the church that I meet here in the scriptures. The church was, was never meant to be an experience or just one hour a week where, where people sitting together in, 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 in rows and, and you have people up front, uh, uh, professionals who, who are doing the singing and, and, and who are doing the teaching. That, to me, was never the intent of the church, but I have fallen into that pattern. And I think one of the things that God has revealed to me is this, and one of the things that God has refined in me, and my hope is to renew is to return a church to the people. I think that is a big shift. It's a big shift to realize that you don't need me. You, you don't need me to walk with Jesus. You don't need me to, to go and to love your neighbors. You don't need me to listen for the Holy Spirit, and then to tell you where to go. No, you don't need me. I'm just a fellow traveler with Jesus. I'm just walking with him. I'm here to to equip and and to be a guide, but, but not to, well, you don't need me. All you need is Jesus. And maybe that's what and why he has us the way we are right now. That where you are in your home, where you are uh, and, and how you're listening to this, maybe what you need to hear today is you are a disciple. You are a servant. You are a missionary. You are a leader. That's right. You are. And you can meet with Jesus right now. You can open up the Bible and you can listen to him. You, you can pray that, that he's there. He's right there, that, that he wants to speak to you. See, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. I don't have like an extra spirit than you do. We have the same spirit. We are brothers and sisters. We're part of the same family. We have the same father who has the same mission. And he's given you gifts and abilities. And so maybe the way to make meaning in this is is for me to say, you don't need me. I want to walk with you. I want to encourage you. I want to champion you. And God's given you a place to commune with him. I think that's one thing God has revealed to me, something new. The second thing is this. I think we need to shift from this idea that I'll follow Jesus for one hour or one day. I think we need to shift from one day to every day. To every day. Every day. There is this divide that we have created, and I'm, I'm part of it. I think I've, I've created that. Crisis has re- revealed that we've created this 
this divide that we have Sunday, and then we have rest of the week. And so, so we gather for Sunday, and we sing these beautiful songs, and we're reminded of God's power and might and, 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 and the gifts that God gives us. And then we go into the, the rest of the world where there are other gods. In some way, you could say that, that for an hour a week or, or, or on Sunday, that, that, that we're monotheists, that, that, that we worship one god. And then we go into the world and, we worship, and we're polytheists. We worship many different gods who have different agendas and, and different ambitions, and, and, and they want different parts of our lives. And, and this is a lie. This is false. This is, not, this is something that, that we have created. This is something that needs to end, and it needs to end now. This is something new that God wants to bring us into. He wants to bring us into this idea that there is one life. There is not just one day and the rest of the days. There is every day and there is one God. He wants, us to bring, he wants to bring us into wholeness and unity where every area of our life is integrated. That, that he wants to be not just Lord of, over my mind, but over my body and my finances and my passions and my desires. That, that one, he wants us to be one. So I want you to focus on that. I want you to focus on that. How can I, how can we invite Jesus into the everyday? I've been doing this. I had a tough week. I had to take a couple of days just to, decompressed to remind myself who I, who I am as a human. And so I had to walk and to sit and be quiet and, and say, God, I want you to be with me right now. These next five minutes, will, will you walk with me as I walk with you? Will you do the dishes with me as I'm doing the dishes? Will you right now be with me as my mind is trying to go somewhere else. Will you bring focus to me? God wants you to be, you are a disciple and a servant. He's given you an imagination. I'm going to tell you a story next week. I got called on Friday. One of our, our, our older members called me and said, I, I need to see you. I said, okay, I'll come by Saturday. I went by he told me a story that I'm going to go video it this week and show it to you next week. A story where he actually did this. He didn't know I was going to talk about this today, but he actually did this. He, he actually began to pray for something in his life and God showed up in a powerful way. I, I just, I'm not trying to tease you to watch next week, but it, it's happening all over. And I need to be reminded of that. And we need to be reminded of that as we come to the table today. As we come to this table here. As we gather around these elements, Lord. As we gather around this bread and this cup, we are reminded that Jesus didn't, did not come just to do something old. He, he took a meal and he made it new with his presence. 
The scripture tells us on the night our Lord was betrayed, he, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after supper, our Lord took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant sealed by the shedding of my blood. As often as you drink from this, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes. And he's coming any moment. And so right now, I'd love for you to, to gather whatever you have for a bread right now and gather those if you're by yourself or you have others or gather, gather those around you. Good job. Way to go. And take, take the bread and simply say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Offer that to one another. For me, I'll, I'll take this now. And now take the cup. It symbolizes the new covenant that through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that something new came into the world. It's called grace. Nothing that you have to do, not to do anything. No, you don't have to do anything to earn God's love. God poured out the Son for you and for me. And all we need to do is open our lives to receive it. You know what new wine resembled in the Bible? Life. And the Lord wants to pour new wine out in your life. Blessing and favor and life and grace and hope. My life and in your life. So would you take this cup, whatever juice you have, any wine you have, take it. As you offer it to one another, say, this is the cup of salvation. This is the blood of Christ poured out for the remission of all of our sins. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us pray. You're an amazing God. You, you meet us in so many different ways. But you have given us a couple of certain ways for us to meet with you, Lord. And those ways are, Lord, ways that we can meet with you through your word and in the presence of your son. Thank you for the sacrament today, Lord. We have communion with you. 
and our apartments, and our condos, and our homes, wherever we're watching this on Zoom and Facebook Live, that you are here with us. And we ask, O oh Lord, that we would see the new that you are doing in the midst of this crisis. That, Lord, that you would reveal, refine, and renew. Oh, God, that you would see us every day that we can walk with you and commune with you. And there are needs all around us and there is blessing that you want to pour out on others. And so use us this week, God, in acts of grace and love and mercy to love others, to be with you, to hear from you. We ask all this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray by saying together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We forgive our debtors. I mean, it's not into them to temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We have one closing song. It's a beautiful song called Center. because We want Jesus to be the center of our lives. At the end of the song, we will then say, Lord, we want to turn our eyes towards you, Jesus. Wherever you are, stand up and join us in singing this wonderful, beautiful song.
the center of our lives, be the place we fix our eyes, be the center of our lives. Oh Christ, be the center of our lives, be the place we fix our eyes. The center of our life, and we lift our eyes to heaven. We wrap our lives around Your life. We lift our eyes to heaven to You, and we lift our eyes to heaven. Wrap our lives around your light. We lift our eyes to heaven. Thank you so much for being with us this morning grace online following this time we will in a moment uh, i'm going to read this passage from ephesians 3 after i do that i'm going to bless us and then uh, that will end our facebook live time but i'm going to go on to to zoom and i'll, I'll be there for an extra 30 minutes and uh, others as well we just love to to hear and pray or or to have a question and answer time, just anything that, uh, that, that the Lord has brought up to you, we love actually to have a conversation with you because we want to walk with you and we want you to walk with us during this time. And so my friends, hear these words from Ephesians chapter three. For this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches 
that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith this day and this week. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now get this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than whatever we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you and me, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you.